Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Blake and Boomer are here for all of your weekly winners. Let's fatten up your wallet. Welcome back, folks, to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Chapter 3.4, Deep Fried Bets Podcast, uh, as always, brought to you by mybookie.ag. It's the only place I take my action. Um, it's the safest place to play. It's the only place I trust. Go check them out again, mybookie.ag. This is episode 3.4 of the Deep Fried Pets Podcast. Boomer's here, and we got a fantastic guest tonight. Really, really excited about this, you guys. Uh, Chris Felica, that's right, the bear. From College Game Day is joining us on the Deep Fried Bets podcast. We'll get to that here in a minute. Excellent interview. Um, I mean, you all know him from Game Day, Behind the Bets, all that, all over ESPN. So you're definitely going to stick around for that. Boomer, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Hate that. Uh, hate I missed that interview. And uh, in all honesty, Chris Felica is one of three guys I actually trust that talk about college football lines and gambling and i feel that actually gives a damn about losing bets that he gives out to the people so definitely a good interview right there i mean just talking to him in the 15 or 16 minutes or so we got to talk to him it was it's unreal like the dude just you ask him about anything and really like before i do these interviews i don't most of the time like some guys will ask what do you want to talk about kind of give me a rundown, that kind of thing. But most of them I just kind of say up front, hey, we're going to take a look at some of the games this weekend and just kind of talk general college football. And, like, with him, it was just everything I spouted off. He, oh, yeah, you know, had a line, had some stats, like crazy research that you've never heard before. So, I mean, definitely we'll get to that here shortly in just a few minutes. So you're going to want to hear Well, I can tell you whenever uh, everything that I'm giving out is uh, stuff that I'm planning on making money with, and uh, everybody else can jump on the money train if they want to. But okay. uh, but this guy definitely this guy definitely wants everybody to win. That's right, um, and we do too. That's what we're here for. Uh, Deep Fried Best Podcast last week. Uh, Boomer seven and seven. Collier was with us last week. He's not this week. God knows where he's at tonight. Uh, he went five and seven. And I went seven and six, had a game canceled. Uh, thing is, though, we did pretty good on our vaults. You know, here at the Deep Fried Best Podcast, we're always going to give out the games that y'all are going to watch the most and going to be talking about the most. So we're giving out that Auburn Clemson. You know, we're giving out the Georgia Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State, that kind of thing. And then the Thursday night football, all that. You know, we're, that's what we do. We give out the big games. And then we have our five favorites and our vault or lock at the end. But, you know, last week for the vault, Six and zero, including my or five and zero, including my lock for me. Boomer hit, uh, you hit three and two on yours, and you know Collier did pretty well on his as well. So you know, we're always going to give the big games, but the vault's really what you're going to want to pay attention to the most is what I've got to is what I'm guessing, right, Boom? Oh yeah, the vault totally funds the uh, big games for your entertainment. Basically, you know, you got to go ahead and fill up that coin purse where you can go ahead and. Uh, Hopefully fill it up a little bit more on the uh, 7.30 ESPN game. Right. So this week, college football, not the best slate. A couple decent games. Um, you know, we're, But we are going to get some of the big games, uh, some of the NFL games, and just, you know, see what we got at the end, see where we're at with the vault and Stone Cold Lock of the Week. But, hey, like I said, I promise you this Felica interview, it's wonderful. Um 
check it out right here. All right, everyone, we'd like to welcome Chris Felica, or uh, as you probably know him, the bear from College Game Day. Uh, really excited about this. Again, Chris Felica, you can find him on Twitter, at Chris Felica from ESPN, uh, Behind the Bets podcast, all over the place. One of the best in the business when it comes to college football. Really excited about this. Chris, how you doing this evening? I'm, I'm doing well. Just getting ready to uh, head to Louisville on Thursday for uh, to that big one for Louisville and Clemson, which was one of the uh, better games of regular season last year. Hopefully uh, Saturday night's game can live up to the uh, live up to what, what happened last year. Yeah, absolutely. I was about to ask you about that. So, um, yeah, like you said, you got Louisville-Clemson this weekend for game day. What is the typical – you said you're rolling in tomorrow. What's the typical schedule looking like on that? Oh well, yeah, the, 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 the crew will travel just travel in on Thursday at some point uh, in, in, the, in the afternoon just to, to get there because Friday's a long day and then Thursday we'll just I'll, I'll just work in the hotel room for the most part and work on building some graphics and coming up with some notes for the for the shows and then Friday we have our production meeting in the morning and throughout the day we'll have Sports Center and College Football Live and and just kind of get ready for. Uh, for Saturday and Friday night, Reese and I will, will will write the show out and make sure we have all of our bases covered and we're not missing any games or any big storylines. And then Saturday is a blur. It's a it's a 16 hour blur with uh, getting to the site nice and early, about 7 a.m. on on Saturday morning, and then I'm there through the end of that primetime game. So it's a it's a long day, but I, I'd have it no other way. Yeah. Um, so you said you usually get into town on Thursday. How much do you get to get out and actually enjoy, like, for say this weekend? How much do you get to get out and enjoy Louisville? Thursday night will really be it. I mean, well, I mean, by, by enjoy, I mean it really just amounts to going out and having a having a nice dinner on Thursday just to kind of relax, and we'll watch the Thursday night football game and the NFL game will be on, which, which is always a it's always a good kind of unwinding and just and it, it's good because we kind of kick around some things some things for the weekend and just uh i don't want to call it a full business dinner but we definitely uh definitely discuss the games that weekend so thursday night's fun and then friday friday usually is a is a quicker dinner sometimes we um we'll eat at the office area sometimes it's room service sometimes we'll get a chance to go out but yeah the the, the days of it, it's funny to think back when we were a one hour show back right. in like 1996 and yeah you know we can go out friday night for a little while and maybe once we're done with work and done done writing the show, maybe we can go out and just kind of mingle for a little while. But those days are are long, long gone with a three hour show and yeah. multiple sports centers and games. So uh, yeah, we mean that now it's limited to to just nice dinners and kind of unwinding time while watching games. I got you. So what goes into uh, to picking the spot? You know, obviously it's you're you're trying to look for the biggest game of the weekend, that kind of thing. But you know, when is that decision made, and what all goes into it? It's usually it's it's not until me sometimes until Sunday afternoon until it gets announced. But usually, I mean, at the start of the year, I'll come up with a list of here are what I think are going to be the biggest games of the week, and I'll update that as the year goes on. And usually, heading into heading into Saturday, it'll be like, okay, here are the most likely candidates for next week. Blah 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 blah, and it's depending on who wins and loses and. Uh, any other stories that develop throughout the day, uh, we, we kind of kick it around and, and I'll end the list. And it really, once, I like myself and Reese Davis and Kirk Street and the producer of the show, and then Lee Fang, who's a, our boss for college football, we'll, we'll kick it around and we'll make a suggestion to Lee and Lee will make a suggestion to his boss and 99 times out of 100, whatever, 
we suggest it kind of works out that way because uh, the one thing we've done really well is just kind of keeping it to uh, regardless of network, we're going to go where the best game of the week is right. uh, for the most part. So it, it, it's really as simplistic as that. And then, I mean, there've been a couple of instances where we haven't known until Sunday morning, or maybe maybe there's a site. Like I can remember a couple of years ago, there was an issue with a site somewhere that we wanted to be at, and we couldn't be there because of something. And somehow it it got worked out, and we were able to get it, and we are going as a a lot of times there are some logistical issues with uh, either a site or getting our trucks in and, and stage there in time. But, but more often than not, we are, we're at where we should be. Okay, I got you. So I got one more game day question for you, then we'll kind of get into uh, some of the games this weekend. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Where's, uh, where's your favorite place to go and uh, favorite thing to do when you get there? <laughs> I always, I always, it's a stock answer. I know it sounds cliche, but honestly, my fa- I love going to new places. <clears throat> Anywhere we go for the first time is new for us. It's new for the entire show. It's new for the fans there. And it's just a cool experience to just see different people in different places and right. different schools throughout the country. Now, that being said, I mean, I think uh, Eugene, Oregon is one of my favorite places to go. Uh, it's a long trip, but we're on a 6 a.m. local out there. It's still kind of foggy and dark. They they came out and drove. They were good, and we we took the show there a lot when uh, when when Chip Kelly was there, and uh, those were some fun shows. Uh, The show in Fargo, the shows shows plural, I should say, in Fargo were great. The James Madison show, and all those little one-off shows that we do are really special and really memorable. But I think in terms of 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 a college, if I had to pick one. Or Oregon is just a really cool trip and a really fun experience. I mean, it really is. It's great to see because you can tell, like, the fans are loving it. Like the like you said, the Fargos and the James Madisons, and the guys are really into it, and it, it is fun to see. So I love love watching those as well, the, the kind of one-offs, like you said. But um, let's talk about this weekend a little bit. We got week three, of the college football season coming up. Like you said, y'all are in Clemson or Louisville for the Louisville-Clemson game. Um you know Lamar Jackson versus that Clemson defense. Who do you think's uh, gonna gonna be the bigger factor on sun, uh, Saturday night? Do you see Lamar being um, you know more more of a threat, or do you see Clemson's defensive line neutralizing him a little bit? Uh, I, I see that. I see the defensive line um, making some plays, but I also see Lamar making some plays because I think his ability to move and run uh, it was obviously better than what what Jared Stidham could do last week, I and mean, it was just. Yeah, he had no shot. I mean, I felt bad for him last week. And, and I think we saw Lamar. I think last year, if you take away the five sacks, I think he ran for like 190 yards in the game against Clemson. Yeah. So it was bad as that Louisville offensive line was last year. And as good as that front was last year and this year, he made plays with his feet. And I would expect him to be able to do the same thing on Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be one matchup to look forward to for sure. So, um, one one matchup I want to ask you about: we got Tennessee and Florida this week. What are your thoughts on that game? Um, not neither team looked great week one. I know Florida kind of had the de facto off week last week because of the hurricane. Uh, what are you thinking going into that game? Well, as of right now, it looks like the Florida is still going to be really short-handed. Uh, I think they're going to get Robinson back, which will help. I mean, you always hate to say a game is a must-win game in week two of the year, but with how poor Florida's offense looked 
uh, in, in the opener against a really good Michigan defense. I mean, it's a it's an absolute win for, for Florida in Jabakwe. They did really good at home, which I think will help them. Um, Tennessee, their their defense since the start of last year against Power Five teams. I mean, they're giving up like 510 yards a game and yeah. like 35 points a game. So this could be a situation where Florida, with the home emotion, uh, defense, they've got a couple of pick sixes against Michigan. I, mean, I, I don't think the, the, that Dormady is a type of quarterback who's going to be able to exploit uh, the Gators' secondary. I would be very, very surprised if, if Florida didn't give their um, – give their best effort on Saturday down there in the swamp and, and I'm more victorious. Cause I'll tell you what, if they don't, it, it's going to get ugly down there. Cause not only you, you weren't really thought to be a national title contender, but I mean, you, you want to win that big game against the big 10. And then if you're going to lose at home to the balls, really, I mean, that puts you behind the eight ball in the SEC East. I mean, I know last year they were able to overcome it some, but uh, I think with Georgia being better, I think it would be a very bad sign for the remainder of the season. If Florida were to lose that game on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, what are some of the kind of the under under the radar games you're looking forward to this weekend? Maybe not everybody's talking about. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call under the radar LSU Mississippi State, but that's a game that I'm very very interested in. I mean, both teams have looked very good against air. <laughs> no, no disrespect to their opponents, but right. I mean, I mean, Mississippi State's defense is number one efficiency wise in the country. But again, they played nobody. LSU's offense has seemed to emerge from the from the dark ages, and now with Matt Canada, I mean they're, they're a top ten offensive efficiency team now. Again, played BYU and nobody, so I'm, we're going to learn a lot more. I think about both teams on Saturday, and, and remember this is a spot where Dan Mullen's teams have performed very very well in the role of touchdown underdog, especially at home. I mean, look, a couple of years ago in 2014, they won in Baton Rouge in a game that wasn't as close to the final score. Last couple of years, I mean, those two games have decided about five points. Uh, I think that'll be a, a close, interesting game in Starkville. And then I think in the Pac-12, there are a couple of games where you've got UCLA, UCLA, Oregon, and Stanford all on the road against group of five teams. I mean, UCLA's playing Memphis. Right. It's going to be a 9 a.m. local kick for the Bruins. I mean, they, yeah, I can just imagine UCLA sitting in the film room watching that Memphis game from week one in the pouring rain against UL Monroe and just being like, we got to go there and play these guys. I mean, I would be high. I would find it very hard to think that UCLA is going to have a fully respect Memphis. You got Stanford and has to get up off the mat after getting manhandled by USC last week. Right. They have to go to San Diego state. Who's got a great running back and, and they beat up on a Pac-12 team in Arizona state last week. And then you have Oregon who look, offensively looked great for a half last week. And then the second half, the defense fell apart again, and Nebraska got in that game. Now they have to go to all that altitude. They go to Wyoming and play Josh Allen in that offense. It's a chance for uh, for him to get back on the national map. And I mean, if you want a little betting trend, I mean, since Marcus Mariota left Eugene, uh, Oregon's one and nine against the number of the double-digit favorite, and, and that's the spot they're in here. I, I mean, I think I don't know if Wyoming can quite get enough stops. To, to beat the Ducks, but they're going to get theirs, that's for sure. Yeah, that was one I had circled as well. You mentioned that UCLA-Memphis game. That was one of those Sunday nights when I started seeing the lines trickle out that you know UCLA only a three-point favorite. What did you think about that when I first saw it? <laughs> it, it was funny. I mean, uh, when, when Steve, Stanford Steve and I did the podcast before and laid it down, uh, I, 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 dubbed, I dubbed that the 
I want zero. Anyone who bets on this game on this side of this game, either side deserves whatever they can get because I want no part of that. Right. I mean, yeah. by, by the line being free, Vegas is basically begging you to take UCLA. Right. I mean, I can't imagine there's going to be very many Memphis bets for no, I mean, if, like... if, you, <laughs> if you're a total contrarian and you want to be on the sharp side of this game, I mean, Memphis will be that. But, but still, I mean, athletically, I mean, if, you, if Rosen is hot and UCLA is into the game, I mean, they, they should win that game by double digits. But again, 9 a.m. local kick. We've seen right. some Power 5 teams go in there lately. We saw Houston go in there last year and lose. I mean, it, it's hard to get a grab. I thought Memphis was potentially a, a, a sleeper team in the American uh, with Ferguson and so much coming back this year. We really didn't get a chance to see it against uh, UL Monroe in the opener because of the driving rainstorm and that storm. So, so this could kind of be a coming out party for this season for, for Norvell and the Tigers. Yeah, I saw it was like uh... – I think around 89, 90% earlier public. So, yeah. Stay away. Yeah, that is please. for sure on that one. All right, so we kind of mentioned on that. What are some other games that you've got circled that uh, that you're excited about with seeing the numbers on, on them? Well, I think there were a couple of games. Where, I mean, anyone who listens to the pod and reads my column know that I'm, I'm mainly another dog player. And I, I like Mississippi State in that game, getting the points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought BC is a 13-and-a-half-point underdog against Notre Dame. That line kind of popped out at me as well because BC couldn't look any worse last week against, against Wake Forest. Now they get Notre Dame, one of their rivalries, a huge rivalry um, between the BC faction and the Notre Dame faction. Uh, Harold Landry's a really good defensive lineman, and you saw last week Georgia's line give – uh, Notre Dame a lot of problems in our overall defensive unit. Georgia is a much better unit, but I think Landry will win some one-on-one matchups and make some plays. And if you go back, I mean, ever since BC pulled that huge upset against Notre Dame back in 93, I mean, 14 times they've been a, a dog of a touchdown or more. I mean, they're 11-3 and three against a number with five outright wins wow. in that spot. I mean, think back a couple of years ago in 2015, it was a pretty mediocre BC team. I mean, they were a greater than a two-touchdown dog, and that game was 1916. So, I mean, this is a game where I think BC will get up and play, and I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough points to win, but, but I think this will be a pretty low-scoring, uh, defensive-type game where Notre Dame will win a close one. Okay. That, that, that was one of them. And, and then there was another interest. I, I, I touched on Wyoming. I do, I do think Wyoming is probably the side to be on there. And then a really crazy off-the-radar game. Where I thought uh, New Mexico State Troy uh, is a game which probably not a lot of people are paying attention. It's not even remotely close to being on people's radar. But I mean, New Mexico State might have turned the corner a little bit under Doug Martin, who's been there I think, four, five, five years now. Opening game of the year, they went to Tempe, nearly beat Arizona State, outgained them, only lost by six. Last week, they beat their in state rival, New Mexico. So now they're one and one. They have their home opener this week, this week against Troy. Troy beat them the last two years, 52-7 and 52-6. This is, a, this is a, I think, a really good spot for a payback-type situation. I mean, maybe if the Aggies can get that second win, you can start looking down. I mean, they haven't been to a bowl. I mean, gosh, ever, I don't think. Or if they have, it's been a, a real long time. But 
Larry Roberson is a really good running back. He was really wasn't healthy much of most of last year. He's healthy. Um, the, the, the quarterback, Tyler Rogers, is going for like 800 yards in two games. I think they're going to put up some points in that game, and I think uh, they have a really good chance of potentially pulling an and out, and out, and upset down there on those cruises. Okay, so New Mexico State is one to look out for, too. All right. We got one more question for you before we get out of here. We got the uh, the Breeders' Cup coming up. Uh, oh, uh, now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> who uh, you got for us to look out for heading up to that? Well, I'm going to have to see ultimately what the field looks like. I, I was talking to a couple of uh, actually Patrick Maher on XM last night about this. And we were talking about the classic. And, and and my point of view was it's pretty apparent that Arrogate doesn't like Delmar. I mean, he really didn't show that acceleration in turn of foot um, that he's shown at Saratoga and at other places. Uh, the last couple of Santa Anita, the last couple of years, are, are, are you going to be willing to take Gunrunner at nine to five or two to one going to Del Mar? Basically, sight unseen. Maybe he'll hate the track. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, I'm probably going to going to take a wait and see approach, and then once I see the field, once I see the morning line, I'll probably try and find someone in the uh, the eight or ten to one area. And, and, and try and, and try and beat Gunrunner and beat Arrogant. Maybe use those two underneath at one of the one of the try spots and find myself a nice uh, twenty dollar horse on top. Who, who who that is right now? I have no idea. With a uh, with about eight weeks to go before the um, before the races, but I, I'm sure we'll find something between now and then. Okay. Well, we'll keep our eye out for that. Well, we appreciate you so much joining us again, everyone. This is uh, Chris Felica or the Bear from College Game Day. Uh, from ESPN, Behind the Bets, all over the place. Thanks so much again, Chris, for joining us. Of course, anytime. All right, again, thanks to Chris Felica. That was huge. Um, really appreciative of that. That guy's one of the busiest guys in America, and it comes college football season. The fact that he could carve out 20 minutes for us, we're really appreciative of that, and hopefully we'll catch up with him again soon. Um, like I said – Yeah, that's how I, was, uh, I was hoping for a Breeders' Cup pick right there. Hey, you know, he's, he said keep an eye out, so we'll, we'll be on the lookout, and we'll get that to the good folks out here. Um, so we got week three coming up. College football season starts tonight. Um, who do we have tonight, Boomer? Is it Boise and New Mexico? Boise and the New Lobos. Mexico. That's right. That was one of those Felica talked about. He, uh, I don't think he gave out an official pick, but it sounded to me like he liked New Mexico a little bit in that one. But uh, let's let's talk about you know Thursday and Friday. Not the best slate, but there is college football. So, Boomer, give me your uh, your favorite Thursday or Friday night game. Well, the Thursday night NFL game is just a total wash. I mean, there's no chance that the Red Water Pistol is going to go out there and put any kind of entertainment value out on the field. Oh, dude, no. This, Sean, is, this is college football, man. We're going to get to that. Oh, college football. Oh, well, uh, I'm not going to be betting on the New Mexico game just because – I uh, I don't feel like losing too much money there. So I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead to the uh, Friday night game, going with the Fighting Illini, plus 17.5, probably only going to go up, coming down to South Florida, where, you know, all the hurricanes, pretty much total chaos going down there still. Players, I'm sure, haven't had too much rest uh, the whole week. Charlie Strong, obviously, trying to keep everybody there mentally. But um, the Illini have looked relatively decent so far this year. So I think 17 and a half is going to be a little bit too much in that game on Friday. 
Yeah, I was looking at that one. Um, I hadn't really factored in the whole South Florida hurricane angle. That's a good look at by you. Um, because that's definitely something that's going to play into that. But I'm staying away from that game. I really like UTEP on Friday night. They uh, they got Arizona. And you know what? Arizona's not very good. They lost to Houston, I believe, last week. and uh, Or did they win that game? Uh, I don't have it in front of me because they lost probably 19- three people watched that game. <clears throat> they lost 19-16, to 16. yeah. Uh, I try to watch almost every game that's on and did not see a second of that Utah or Arizona versus Houston game. And probably not going to watch too much of the Arizona versus UTEP game, but I'm still giving it out. UTEP's catching 23 or 22 in the hook on Friday night. Uh, UTEP, very bad football team. But I don't think Arizona's 23 points better than very many people in the country. So I'm going to take the home team. That's right, UTEP pulled a home game against... Arizona, so give me UTEP plus 23 in hopes that uh, we can somehow keep it within the number there. And next up, we've got some games for you on Saturday. Again, not the best slate in college football, but it is college football season, and you got to enjoy what you got. Uh, obviously, the big, it, big headliners. It, it's definitely going to be better than two weeks ago of college football. Eh, yeah, it's the opening week, so you get a little bit of excitement there, but. You got that Clemson-Louisville game. Obviously, that's the headliner. That's where Felique is, the game day crew. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But, remember, I had this game written down, and I've since scratched it because it's just – the reason I wrote it down is because I wanted to talk about it, and I kind of got to it with the Felico a little bit. But that UCLA <laughs> minus three at Memphis, what are your thoughts on that? Yep, it uh, absolutely makes zero sense. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast the past couple of years, you know that I always run in the opposite direction. Uh, that makes sense. So, right here, UCLA, I think everybody would agree, is a relatively good football team, only being a three-point favorite going over to Memphis, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, beat Louisiana Monroe by about eight points two weeks ago. It wasn't pretty. So, um, if the line came out UCLA minus seven, seven and a half, I would still say, what the hell is going on? What's wrong here? What am I missing? Obviously, I'm totally missing something. Give me Memphis plus the three only because uh, because there's no reason that they should only be getting three points yeah, right here. The line movement has been just – ridiculous Vegas is holding strong at three when they should have gone to three and a half about two and a half months ago yeah they 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 beat Wy Monroe by eight first week of the season they had the bye week de facto bye week because they played Central Florida last week I, I'm we're not counting this like just just go ahead and let this be known we're not counting this is our official record I really just kind of want to talk about it because it was crazy I saw it Sunday I, I am counting this in my record because Memphis is going to definitely cover okay so Boomer's counting. This would this would be in my vault, but you are a sick degenerate to go ahead and throw it out there for the, for the fans. Yeah, that's what we do here. Um, but no, this was one of those. I have to admit, I fell I fell trapped to this game. I saw it Sunday afternoon. I text Boomer about it because I know he's a big UCLA guy. I saw it Sunday afternoon, and I thought that I don't want to say mistake, but I thought you know Vegas is going to put this down, and then the line's going to shoot up to seven maybe even ten so i hopped on three really early thinking that it would shoot to six or seven somewhere then i was going to take to take memphis but ugh, i'm, I'm kind of sick about it because that's I mean, you can't be getting that back um 
Oh, yeah. No, I thought my boy Broson got some kind of weird venereal de- disease and wasn't going to be playing this weekend when I saw that line. No, last time I heard he's playing, but I've got the three. Honestly, if I can get three and a half anywhere, I'll take it just uh, to kind of get some juice back or something. Don't love it, but uh, I'm not giving an official pick. I took UCLA early in the week like a jackass. Um, I'm married to it. I'm married to Memphis. Memphis Tigers. Oh, I mean, Tigers. I would definitely I'm a single pick, player on the team. If you give me like a clear head right now, yeah, I'm definitely picking Memphis. Um, I just really kind of want to talk about that game because it made no sense to me. It still doesn't make any sense to me. But we'll find out uh, on Saturday about that one. Next up, we got Tennessee versus Florida. Not many people are talking about this game. It's in the swamp. Florida is actually a five-point favorite, even though they're missing nine guys again for this one. Uh, Tennessee, 2-0, I forget, uh, Indiana State last week, squeaked by Georgia Tech in the opener in national televised game. Uh, Florida had the de facto bye week again due to the hurricane. So, you know, they're a little bit more rested after that physical game against Michigan. Boomer, who are you liking this game? Well, I'll tell you who I don't like, and that's the Florida Bulldogs. They, uh, once again, have half their team sitting on the sideline, the best player in Callaway. Sitting on the sidelines, Tennessee, you're right, barely squeaked by a Georgia Tech team, who I think might surprise some people in the ACC. We'll see. Option offense, first game of the year, could mess with teams' heads. Butch Jones, obviously, has he ever won in Florida before? No. I don't believe so. Um, you know, he's still in the hot seat, obviously. Got to win. Um I'm a huge fan of John Kelly, the Vols running back. I think he's an absolute beast. I don't know why he's not playing in Alabama, but uh, good for Tennessee for somehow sneaking out and passing Saban. I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game. Tennessee's defense is going to match up very well with uh, Florida's offense. They're both very shitty. So does my high school football team. What was that? Uh, My high school football team's defense matches up well with Florida's offense. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I like Tennessee getting any kind of points in this game. I think the line should be maybe Tennessee plus three just because they're having to travel down to the swamp. But you're definitely getting value on the balls right here. Fade. Um, Taking Florida here. Didn't think I would be back in the Gators at all after that uh, week one fiasco in Jerry World. But I think the bye week is going to help them a little bit. Scheme, Franks, they said, had a couple good weeks. Um, hopefully they just put that Zaire experiment aside. That was awful. Um, I mean, Franks wasn't much better, but he was better than Zaire. Um, Tennessee's defense is obviously not very good. But I think Florida maybe maybe exploit a little bit. I don't know. Hopefully, maybe some. They'll get some points out of that. Uh, Florida's defense is really good. Tennessee will struggle to move the ball. Uh, I don't know what Tennessee's team total is, but I take the under on that. I think Florida finds a way to win this by about a touchdown, maybe a you know, 24-17 game, something like that, uh, maybe a 20-13, to 13, somewhere in there. But I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Vols at home, minus five. Huge game for McIlwain and the boys down there. they got to get well, this win. I, I think uh, you're going to have a hard time taking the Vols at home considering this game's being played at Gainesville. My bad. I said the Gators at home. That's what I meant. Look, All right, hey, just hey, just trying to check you. Yeah, I don't, make sure you're not giving any kind of reason to count that as a win. No, on the back I'm end. not. Don't worry. I would call you on your uh, your Florida Bulldogs comment a minute ago, but it was actually a nice pun, and we might need to explain that to some of our audience. Oh no, I think most of the uh, 
most of the readers out there are very aware that um, Georgia has several players suspended every year yeah, from say Mark nefarious Rick, activity. Mark Rick used to uh, used to have a problem down in down in Georgia, but. Uh, who knows if he's lost control of that Miami team yet. We'll get to that another time, another day. But, like I said, the main matchup this weekend, college football, Clemson at Louisville. Uh, Lamar Jackson versus that terrific defensive line of Clemson. Game day's there. It's an ABC primetime game. It's going to where I, all eyes are going to be focused to see if uh, Lamar can crack that defense. You know, preseason Heisman winner, as far as I'm concerned, Jared Stidham didn't do very well against that defense. So let's see if actual Heisman winner Lamar Jackson can do anything. Boomer, are you liking this game? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Jared Stidham, I, I feel for the guy. Prayer sent uh, on that game last week. It's hard to run around when you don't have an offensive line. I feel like Lamar Jackson has maybe one and a half more pieces of meat on the line in this game coming into it. Clemson's defensive line, obviously, is very good. Very deep. They can chase him down from all sides. I like Malik Williams. I think that he can take a little bit of the load off. The thing that I go back to is we were in this exact same spot last year during the Louisville-Florida State game. Right. Pretty much all the same players on Louisville's team have come back. Solid defense. Maybe one of the better uh, defensive players uh, on the Cardinals side this year. But the high train's rolling on Clemson. Lamar Jackson hasn't got a chance to show out. If they get down, they've all been there before. They, they've done well in the beginning of the season, and they kind of tail off towards the end. I... Uh, I love getting points here with Louisville at home, even though it's only three. I think it should – I would I would like it if it was at four, maybe four and a half. That would be more comfortable. Right. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game. And, you know, it could go either way right here. But I think Lamar Jackson's good enough that he's not going to have a major F-up moment. Yeah. I'm, I was kind of perplexed by this too. Clemson three-point favorites on the road. Uh you're right. This does have a feel of that Florida State-Louisville game last year, and, and I was all over Florida State. And then right before kickoff, I kind of kind of knew I was in for a loss because I saw that line shift by about four points like the hour leading up to kickoff. So I knew that somebody knew something I didn't. Uh, and we'll, I'll be interested. I'll be watching it to see if that happens. I think it's not, it's not going over. I know that. So I, I like the under a lot in this game. I think it's at 60. I can see uh, – I don't know. Like, I'm not willing to say that Clemson is going to lose the game, but I still think Louisville covers. And, I mean, I know that three points isn't a lot to play with. I'm looking at, like, a 28-27 or a 24-23 win. I'm leaning Clemson right now, but I'm not sure. I think this is going to be a great game. Lamar will break out a little bit. He is. He looks, as of right now, to be a little bit better. Definitely better than he was at the end of last year. He was terrible. I'm, I faded him all last year and I spoke all offseason about how I'm fading him but I'm going to back him right now just because he's getting three at home that place will be electric I think Clemson somehow comes out with a win but I like Louisville to cover and so give me the cards plus three in this one next up we got a little bit of a rematch or uh or not a rematch if you're USC USC has redacted the 2006 Rose Bowl they've never lost to Texas if you ask them they're 4-0 because that vacated NCAA game does not count as a loss to them. USC, Texas, 
in the Coliseum on Saturday night. USC 16 and a half point favorites against Tom Herman and the Longhorns. Boomer, I think I know where you're leaning in on this game. Who you got? Oh, man, I just do not want to pick this game whatsoever. Really? My, uh, all of my faith that I had in Tom Herman at the beginning of the year, just speaking how awesome he was, was totally shattered with the loss at Maryland. A very, very mediocre football team. It wasn't at Maryland. That being, That's oh, worse. No, against, against Maryland. Against Maryland. I... Uh, Tell you one thing I do like in this game is I like the under of 67. I think that uh, Shane Michelle will probably be benched if he hasn't already going into it. Um, USC can score. I, I see this game being maybe 34 to 14 range, um, but I don't. I don't think they reach the the 67 together. So you're giving the unders your official pick here. Under, under okay. 67. I love Texas. Love them. And, uh, you know, I said from the get-go that I'd be fading USC early. Didn't work last week. I thought Stanford, until I saw the public on that, I thought they were going to be a good play. Didn't love it, but I love Texas here. Uh, USC catching most of the bets, as you would imagine. Uh, Texas looked a little better last week. I know they played San Jose State, but, you know, improvement is improvement. You make your biggest jump from week one to week two. Um, USC played pretty good against Stanford. I still don't think USC is as good as everybody's hyping them up to be. Obviously, Texas is not what a lot of folks thought they might be, according to week one. But we'll see. I think Texas keeps it within the number. I'm not calling for an outright win, but I think they make USC sweat it a little bit at home. I see a 31-24, something like that. I think they'll make the the Trojans sweat it out at home a little bit. But uh, in the end, USC will come out with a victory. But give me Texas, plus 16.5. Love that game. That would be in the vault if we weren't already picking it. And that's all we got in terms of college football for you this week. Again, like I said, not the greatest uh, slate this weekend. But, you know, we got a lot of good NFL games. And, you know, first up's that Thursday night game, Texas Bengals. And, you know, when I started the podcast, always people ask me, about this Thursday night game, any Thursday night game, you know, leading up to it, who you take. And I always tell them, you know, where you're bet, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie.ag, we love them. Um, we've been using them all year. We're giving 100% bonus to anyone who signs up today, 100% sign-up bonus. All you got to go to do is MyBookie.ag. You type in the promo code DEEPFRIED, and they're matching you 100% of what you're putting in. Free play, um, you know, it's the only service I recommend to my listeners, and, you know, we'd love each and every one of you. You wouldn't steer you down the wrong path, as you know. Uh, in-game live betting, most rewarding player perks in the business. All-new mobile site. Mobile site's easy. Uh, Super Breeze, live betting. I can be sitting in Bryant-Denny Stadium, hopping my phone, placing an in-game bet. Love it. MyBookie.ag, promo code Deep Fried get you that 100% bonus. But about that Thursday night game, boom. We got the Texans plus six and a half. Deshaun Watson making his first official NFL start on the road at Cincinnati against the uh, terrible Bengals. Who you got? Well, I uh, have a hard time pulling for people that are allergic to the sun. So, for that reason alone, I'm going to take uh, Houston plus the six and a half. Don't love it, but got to pick it. So, that's where I'm at. I'm not upset. I do love this game. Love the Texans, plus six on the hook. Uh, overreaction, big time on their part, but somehow Cincinnati didn't get the overreaction. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, they looked 
awful. Could not. I would say I would say the line coming out at Cincinnati minus six and a half is still overreaction. I don't know. What would you think it would be if that game was twenty to ten or twenty to fourteen? Um, seven and a half. Okay. So let me ask you this question: Whose defense do you think is better, Houston's or uh, Baltimore's? Um, Baltimore's. No, it's younger. Houston. No, it's Houston's. They're not younger. Baltimore's is way younger. Come no. on. No, Terrell Suggs still plays for them. He's forty-eight. Bro, C.J. Mosley's the future. Yeah, um, C.J. Mosley is not young. Terrell Suggs is older than Adam Vinatieri. Um, I don't know why you're trying to call <clears throat> these guys in the nursing home, man. I don't. Baltimore's dominating. Baltimore's be. dominating defense. They're a great defense, but Houston's is better. Um, Bortles. Eh. He, he didn't do much against them last week. They won big, but that was because Tom Savage was just awful. I've got faith in Sean Watson. If you've listened to this podcast any any time ever before, you know that. I love the kid. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. I'm not willing to say he goes out and lights the world on fire Thursday night, t- tonight, but um, I think he keeps it close. I, I'm going to look at the money line right before kick. We'll see. I bought the half point just in case. I've got it at Houston plus seven right now. I'm going to take the Texans. What's your, what's your over-under on uh, how many times? Oh, we have another Clemson-to-Clemson Clemson connection is said in the game by the announcers. I don't know. I mean, he's got to go for him. He's got to toss it up to Hopkins. That's his only – I mean, his best offensive playmaker. But we'll see. I think Houston well, keeps it within the number. I think they might give the outright win. 20-17, to 24-20, somewhere in there. Look for Houston, plus seven, Thursday night. Love them. Uh, next up. Let's get to Sunday. Talk about America's team, man. The Dallas Cowboys, two-and-a-half-point favorites and catching all the public bets at the Denver Broncos. Denver didn't look great on Monday night uh, in the fourth quarter, at least. So it was pretty good for the first three. What's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Denver looks fine. They came out one first opening home game. Uh I think that the Chargers are a sleeper team this year. They're going to get a lot of my money probably in weeks four through eight. Right. Uh, I, I don't know why people are down on them. They're mm-hmm. solid. So I think the Broncos had a, had a fine win last week. Dallas, you know, I mean, they, they came out. They shocked me. I thought the Giants were going to get that right win, honestly. But uh, Giants had a couple of stumbles. <laughs> Dallas's defense is not that good. They got no. worse this year. Yeah. So I mean, they. Played, I, I don't uh, think it, it's not going to be. It's, this game's going to be more of a Broncos defense versus Cowboys offense. And is, is Ezekiel Elliott is he playing? Yeah, as far as I know, he's good to go. He's going to play this year. I think you're going to have a Tom Brady situation, and when it comes down to this, um, you know, he's going to play all year, and then they'll revisit this in the off season. He may miss some time next year, but. I'd count on him playing. He's, I think he's definitely playing Sunday. I'd count on him playing all year. Well, he's good. So, he is their offense. Dak Prescott, I am still not sold on whatsoever. I think the first game that he does not have Ezekiel is there is the game that they lose by a significant amount. Um, you know, the Broncos are good enough, a hell of a lot better than the Giants, at being able to stop them. The game's being played in Denver. Right. And I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points with the home team right here. The fact that it's shooting up to two and a half, maybe get it at three on Sunday, depending on how far uh, 
the line wants to go with these line makers and how nervous they get about the, the action coming out of the Cowboys. I, you know, I wait for it to get to three, but I like I like Denver plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm not waiting until Sunday for it to get to three. It might get to three before then because the public's going to take this, but you're, you're going to have sharps taking this like crazy on Sunday. Um, three. And that's what's going. That's what's going to even out the line throughout. That's the what I'm saying. I, yeah, if you're going to take them, uh, I'm taking. Obviously, I'm taking Denver in this game. I mean, I like Dallas, like what they did. I thought they played good Monday, or Sunday night, but like you said, Broncos are a hell of a lot better. Eli, I mean, that defense for the Dallas Cowboys is not good. They looked good last week, but, I mean, you took away Odell Beckham. Eli didn't know if he was playing or not all week. He is their offense. Like, that's the one guy you obviously cannot take away from an offense. Even if he's not making plays, you know, people have got to pay attention to him and it opens up the – Oh, yeah, yeah. Points-wise, he is almost as valuable as a quarterback whenever you're actually making the line. I mean, that line jumped up two points. It should have jumped up four when they announced he was out. That, I mean, that was crazy. I mean, they, he, he's going to write, he's going to cash a blank check when he signs his new deal with them because they are incompetent without him. Don't know if he's playing this week or not, but that's not pertaining to this game. I love Denver at home. Like you said, they looked pretty good for the first three quarters, and who cares about the fourth quarter, man? I mean, who cares that they uh, almost got that tied? I, I think that they'll be fine at home. Two and a half. I bet on the Broncos special teams this weekend for how they play. How about that? Okay. How about let's get the special teams love in the fourth quarter? They stepping up. Got to. Yeah, black kick. That was huge. Uh, yeah, Denver plus three. Look at the money line in this one, too. Uh, it's just crazy line to me. And that's just the Cowboys getting all of America's love. Next up, Sunday night football. Uh, we're headed to Boomer's hometown. Got the Atlanta Falcons hosting Collier's Boys, the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Two-and-a-half-point dogs are the Packers, Aaron Rodgers and co. NFC Championship rematch. That game did not go anywhere near two-and-a-half, but I think this one will stay a little closer to that. Uh, Packers catching two-and-a-half. I'm going to take the points in Aaron Rodgers almost every time I can. I, you know, this is kind of a blind rule for me. He's that good. He's probably the best I've ever seen as far as just accuracy and what he does with the football is amazing. Uh Packers plus two and a half. Give me that all day long, Boomer. Yeah, I absolutely love the Falcons here. Probably the first time I've ever picked the Falcons. Oh, you're taking the Falcons? Absolutely love the Falcons. The line being at three, you know, basically saying it's a draw from Vegas coming in. Aaron Rodgers. I I feel like they almost snuck away with one last week at home against uh, an overrated still Seahawks team. There was definitely times in that game where it could have gone either way. I know that there's a lot of praise coming in for the Packers' defense on how they played, but they played very well against a running quarterback and against the run. This week they're playing against an air raid. No, defensive line or offensive line. Yeah, yeah, a very bad offensive line. The Falcons' offensive line obviously has got better. Matt Ryan – He's not going to be running around all over the place. He's going to pick his times. The Falcons have weapons all over the, across the field, and, and a new one in Hooper, who has totally emerged across, across the middle as a tight end. Right. I mean, if you get if you take the Falcons right now, you're getting value. You're getting plus a hundred on the juice. So I, I would go ahead and take the Falcons. Line movement. It looks like a couple of. Big money bets have come in on the Falcons throughout the week so far, but 
I mean, this this is one of my favorite plays of the week. That surprised me to hear you say that, but like you said, I don't think you've ever picked the Falcons on this podcast before. So Ever, ever, because they, they never have value. No, no, I'm fading a little bit, but we'll see. Sunday night, don't love it, but I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers in the points. Uh, Monday night game, Lions plus three in the hook at New York, the Giants. Uh, it doesn't scream excitement, but, you know, we'll watch it because it's Monday night football. Boomer, who you got? I like this one also, you know, back-to-back games, Sunday night, Monday night. The game last week, I had the Cardinals. Obviously, that game was in hand for most of uh, most of the time. David Johnson goes out. Cardinals can't run the ball, can't manage time. And then Matt Stafford gets a touchdown. Total landslide ensues after that. The point, the point spread at the end of the game is what most people are looking at, what most people are – gambling on because most people probably didn't watch that game right um you're definitely getting some value on uh on the giants yeah i forgot all about stafford had to have another fourth quarter comeback in that game nobody's talking about yeah right right and they ended up winning by 20 points and nobody watched the game they just see oh shit the lions totally dominated the game there were a lot of factors that game should have been close up until the end giants Obviously, very bad game last week against the Cowboys. I feel like they're better than than they proved still. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this Giants team is that team that loses their first six games and then turns it on the back half like they usually do. But, you know, three points at home. I'll leave the three and see what happens on Monday night. I'm with you. I think this is a huge overreaction. This line probably would have been seven had both teams hypothetically had a bye because of that hurricane or something like that. Um yeah, had neither of these teams played last week. This is a seven-point spread, in my opinion. Uh, classic overreaction. And like you said, I mean, that that game was – Stafford had to have a – he's getting another fourth-quarter comeback added to his resume because of that game last week, and they won by 20. Uh, the Giants looked awful. They're not great. I don't think they make the playoffs, and I'm not going to back them a lot this year. That defense is really good. They'll shut down um, Stafford a little bit. And I think that, yeah, I think the Giants come out with a win, maybe a you know, 24-17, 20-13. I think I gave that game that score out about four times a night. But low-scoring affair, uh, lines don't get the points they are accustomed to getting. So give me the Giants at home in this one, Monday Night Football. Don't love it, but we'll take the Giants. So that's our, uh, that's our, 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 our scheduled games. But, you know, keep paying attention on Twitter, on Facebook. Last week I gave out some Twitter-exclusive picks on the NFL, 7-1 and one on Sunday. Hard to beat that. Uh, hopefully we keep that up this week. But let's get to the vault. As in case you don't know, it's our five favorite games of the weekend, regardless of uh, college or NFL. You know, these aren't – a lot of the times these aren't going to be your – I mean, we try to stay away from scheduled games we've already given you, so these are going to be a little more off the radar. And then we'll have our Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. But first off, let's get to the vault. Boomer, what's your vault looking like this week? Oh man, I uh, I got a lot of a lot of winners, a lot of winners piled up, locked behind this bad boy. And uh, of course, you know I gotta I gotta start it out by circling the wagons and uh, going my boys up north to Buffalo Bills catching seven, coming down to play the Panthers. Um, you know, I feel like both these teams are extremely even, maybe the exact same team, just north and south. Basically, catching seven, way too many points right here. Don't know why the love's coming on the Panthers. Then going to a uh, 
well-known powerhouse in coastal Carolina. Oh, love my, it. Minus one and a half going to UAB. I'm a little scared because the emotional factor from UAB. What I'm not scared about is how shitty they've looked the past two games. So I'm more than willing to eat one and a half right there. Then to the most disgraceful, just backhanded slap in the face, UNC driving up to Old Dominion, playing at Old Dominion 12 o'clock game, Old Dominion catching 10 at home. Give me the Monarchs. Totally free money. UNC don't want to be there. Maybe half the team travels. Then I'm going with a a team that won me a little bit of money, but by half a point last weekend, the Pittsburgh Panthers getting 13 at home against Oklahoma State. I'll admit Oklahoma State has lost me money in my life the past two weeks. Still. I, they're going to have a slip-up at some point. Give me Pitt in the 13. Finally, pass me another Boilermaker. Uh-oh. I'm going with Purdue catching seven and a half going down to Missouri. Missouri, total blind luck the first two, uh, first two weeks. Huh, Don't know the, why they're catching seven and a half. Yeah, they got their ass beat last week. Yeah total luck that they're catching seven and a half for some reason doesn't make sense to me but not as much as the memphis game that just absolutely don't even know why they put that line out free money kind of thing going with the buller makers catching seven in the hook okay so your vault's looking like buffalo bills you're circling the wagons plus seven against the panthers you got old dominion Plus 10 against the Tar Heels. Uh, Coastal yep. Carolina, minus one and a half versus the UAB Blazers. You said you were worried about the emotional. There will not be anybody at that game. They've already played one home game, so all the fake UAB fans have already went and showed their support. There won't be anybody there. Uh, Pitt, plus 13 and a half against Oklahoma State, and Purdue, plus seven and a half. I like that Pitt pick. I, I just can't go against Oklahoma State anymore this year. Uh, I agree. I agree. It's hard. It's hard. I had to go ahead and get my stones yeah. pretty much tightened up on that one. I think I faded them the first two week, the first two weeks. Then I, I actually picked them to go to the playoff, and they look every bit the playoff team so far. So I'm going to lay off them for a little bit. All right. So that's Boomer's Vault. Let me give you mine. It's uh, it's pretty sexy. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of winners in this. A lot of winners. And we're going to start. We're going to head up north, and we're taking Wyoming. Wyoming is playing a home game against Oregon. I know Felica hit on this a little bit earlier, but I swear I had this written down before I talked to him. Um, Wyoming plus 14 against Oregon. I backed them week one. Was very confident against them against, in them against Iowa. Uh, Josh Allen completely shit the bed. The offensive line was terrible. Good news is Oregon's defense is not anywhere near as good as Iowa's. Hopefully Allen can – Improve a little bit. This is your shot. This is your shot, Wyoming. Uh, I'm giving you this one time. You better you better cover for me this time, or else you uh, you're on the shit list for the rest of the year. Next up, we got a little Pac-12 slash SEC after dark. We're gonna be up to the wee hours of the morning catching this one. Ole Miss Black Bears versus the Cal Golden Bears. It's a battle of the Bears. In California, uh, we're going over 72. I know that's probably a square play, but love it. Can't help it. Um, they're going to score a lot of points in that game. Ole Miss's defense is terrible. 
Cal's defense is not much better. They're getting a little better. They're going to have a decent defense because they signed or they hired Wilcox out of Wisconsin. But uh, love the over of 72 in that game. Boomer, like minds, think alike. The next one, uh, Coastal Carolina. Love them. Man, against the UAB favorite right there. I love them. I got them at two. Uh, I've seen it at two and a half, two, one and a half, anywhere in there. I'll take it up to three or four. They'll win this game by a touchdown or more. Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers, taking down the Blazers, fade UAB. Uh, next up, we're taking it to the pros. Smoking Jay Cutler, baby. The Miami Dolphins, plus four in the hook, taking on the Chargers. I like the Chargers, like you said. They're going to be a team to, to back later on in the year. But – I think this might be a little bit of overreaction because people don't like Cutler. An extra week to prepare. Look at that my our San Diego game film from Monday. Uh, short week for the Chargers. Miami, full week off, first game of the year. Give me the Dolphins, plus four in the hook. Look at the money line in that one, too. And then next up, the green wave. Tulane, baby. Willie Fritz going to keep the ball on the ground. They take on Oklahoma. Let down city right here. Huge win at Ohio State last week. There's no way near, no way they're going to be near as amped up for this one. Let me just go ahead and tell you, Baker, Mayfa- Baker Mayfield will not be planting any two-lane flags at the 50-yard line after this game. They're going to win, but it's not going to be by five touchdowns. Give me two-lane plus 34 in that one. So let me run through that one more time. Wyoming plus 14. Ole Miss Cal over 72. Coastal Carolina minus two. Dolphins plus four in the hook and two-lane plus 34 against Oklahoma. Boomer, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, I praise you for making that Wyoming pick. It's pretty much the equivalent of having your ball sack slammed into a car door but still being able to reproduce. That being said, it's going to be extremely painful, but the outcome might end up being a win. I don't know the situation that you just described has any kind of win outcome ever. Yeah, because life goes on. Okay, all right. That's one way to look at it. Uh, don't don't think it's going to be that painful, but this is your one and only shot, Wyoming. Next up, it's our favorite time of the program, folks. Let's bring him in. Chuck cold beers this time. Cole, Steve Austin, Lock of the Week, Boomer, let's hear it. Who you got? Man, he sounds like he's been slamming a couple of Miller lights, and unfortunately this has already been given out. You stole the thunder, but I'm riding that green wave into another win. I uh, absolutely love them. They won me money last week. That option offense is going to slow down the clock. Oklahoma doesn't really give a damn about beating them as long as they beat them by three touchdowns. Baker Mayfield's probably going to play for about a quarter and a half. And uh, I don't know. He's got to pump up those Heisman stats. I just I, I love these games. I love these spots after the major games they had last week. This game kind of licked their wounds a little bit. Willie Fritz has been known to have a couple of stunners, i.e. Georgia Southern, Florida two years ago. I mean – it's just it's a good spot. It's 34, are you kidding me? Way too many points. Yep, love it. It was close to being my lock of the week, but I got a better one for you. Uh, money line is going to be in play Saturday night. Break out them cowbells, baby. Clang, 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 clang. Stark Vegas, we're coming your way. Stone Cold Steve Austin's chugging beers in the Bulldogs' honor because we're taking Mississippi State plus seven in the hook Saturday night as the Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. And if you feel frisky, 
boys and girls. Take the money line. LSU, overrated, as usual. Dan Mullen, hell of a coach. A lot better than Ed Orgeron. I love the Bulldogs in this situation. Nick Fitzgerald is going to give that uh, LSU defense all they want. Who knows if Arden Keys can play. I'm all about it, man. Give me the Bulldogs Saturday night at home. Yeah, totally. That's that's a great pick. Definitely going to be uh, not watching that game. Why, man? It's going to be all kind of excitement. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, the Cowbills kind of give me – I have a Tourette syndrome that uh, that ensues every time I hear a Cowbell like that. So, okay. You know, it's not really good to be around churches or schools and that kind of thing. Right. That's why. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well – Take your uh, take your take your cold beers to Startville this weekend. Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week coming in hot. It was a hell of a weekend upcoming. We're a lot of money to be made this weekend, uh, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna make it for you. So thank you for tuning in, Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter as always. Again, thanks to Chris Felica, the Bear College Game Day. That was awesome. A really really big shout. Out. I know I've said it earlier, but that really is a, a big deal to us. We really appreciate him coming on. Um, a lot of good college football, a lot of good NFL football. It feels so good to be back in the full swing of things. Boomer, what you sending us off on the weekend with? Oh, I absolutely love free basing these uh, bets that we've been giving out the past two weeks, ready to go ahead and tie up another rope and get it going this week, guys. All right. Well, folks, again, thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends about it, and we'll catch you next week.